it's Shelby and Matt. Yes. Hello, hello, hello. Back again. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited about this one. We get to talk about WandaVision finally. I wish we could have done a week by week discussion as things unraveled before our eyes, but someone decided to play catch up instead of following along each week. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I-, I started strong. Well, on it. To be honest, I probably wouldn't have watched this at all, except for I was in Florida and my aunt and uncle were like, oh, yeah, let's watch. And there were two episodes out. So we watched those and I was pleasantly into it. So I was like, "Okay, I'll keep watching these. And also half hour episodes. Love that. So but then, yeah, I got behind it, didn't watch for a while, but I caught up and watched them all the last couple of weeks. So I'm ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this was an interesting decision by um disney plus by the marvel cinematic universe kevin feig it had been announced that there would be these disney plus shows that would play into the next round of marvel storytelling yes phase four yes (laughs) yeah can you believe phase four already oh my gosh (laughs) we've come so far um you're not a marvel fan no not really (laughs) uh i really liked the last avengers movie and black panther and that's probably about it. I've yeah. seen maybe like half of the Marvel movies, but I couldn't tell you exactly which half they are. They all sort of yeah. get mixed up in my mind because they're so similar. Crossing over. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. It's really it's it's from people who can like handle the layers and the in the mythology. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, yes. Um, you need to be very smart. You're just not. There. Uh-huh. I know. If only I was like all of the, you know, middle-aged white the men who are just so yeah. obsessed with Marvel um, well, that you I have somehow say, fallen into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have been a Marvel fan. I'm I'm probably like an 8 out of 10 on standum. You know what I mean? Like there are people who are way more invested in me. Shelby, but... 8 out of 10 in Marvel? No. You're like Don't a you six. think? No, because I don't know like the original ten, lore. Ten out, of, 10 out of 10 is like read all the comic books and goes to okay, Comic-Con okay. dressed as the group. Okay, so then what would be a 9? You think 9 is you just have to have watched all the movies? I think I'm an 8. I think I stand by that. I stand by that story. <laughs> no, you're like I think two. you're way less than that. Oh, you I do. Like, I feel like watched all the movies is like a five. Well, then what is the six, seven, eight? The six, seven, eight are people who are like more into it than that. Like, <laughs> there's so I much. Mean, I know, like, like, are you like on message Marvel, boards? Like, are you like no, reading comics? I'll, okay, I'll push myself down to a seven, I guess, to make you more comfortable. But if you aren't giving me the gradient for like your your rubric here, then it's like I don't know. I don't know what you're accusing me of, you know? I just feel like watching all of the Marvel movies isn't that big of a feat. No, I know. But I also am invested in the in the crossover, the storytelling, the characters. I just don't follow up on the comic book side of things. But you're you might be right. I don't know. I, I guess I was just saying I'm like a I'm like a B student in the universe. Okay. In the Marvel okay. Universe. Yes. And I'm like a D student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like you miss half the class and just show up for the final and yes. you get mm-hmm. something right. Yes. Um, but I'm like I... Ultron. <laughs> that's a word, right? <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. I can't say, but I think he was something. <laughs> I'm proud of you for knowing that buzzword alone. But when this was announced, I was not really into the idea. I kind of resented 
that Marvel was going to force me to care about the TV shows, especially since they were characters that I wasn't necessarily invested in. Like they have this one, WandaVision. And to be fair, Wanda in the movies is very much um, underwritten, let's say. And I never really got like her well, vibe. She, for she the hasn't robot. had her own movie. <laughs> no, she's no, no. just in like Avengers. It's sort of like a sidekick or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, this is weird. Plus, Vision already died. So, like, why is he back? And how is that going to work? Blah, blah, blah. The other show they have is on the docket is Loki, which is going to bring back Loki, who also supposedly died. Um, yeah, but everybody then, likes Loki. He's yeah, like a popular yeah, yeah. character. Yeah. And then the next one up is falcon and the winter soldier which are two characters i cannot bring myself to care about i think that might be an unpopular opinion but like whatever falcon has been set up as the as the new captain america he got the uh he got the uh, shield at the end of the last avengers movie which you saw and bucky is obviously uh his good old friend (laughs) nothing Mm -hmm. more than friends though they're just friends um vibes all day but this show really surprised me. I thought it was a really interesting and bold new direction for uh for a franchise that can, as you often put it, feel a little stale and derivative and kind of repetitive. So I'm curious as an anti as a non-Marvel stan, um, do you feel like this reinvigorated your interest whatsoever in Marvel? Well, one I'll say I think that they got a little lucky with COVID happening and shifting these things around because originally this was not supposed to be the first series Mm -hmm. that came out. It was supposed to be the Falcon and the captain, captain Falcon and the winner (laughs) Falcon and the winter soldier Falcon and the Falcons Falconer and the whatever the winter soldiers winter soldiers Falcon (laughs) was supposed to be first. And then WandaVision was supposed to be second. And also we were all, we were supposed to have black widow, whatever the Aquafina one was supposed to be out. The Angelina Jolie Marvel movie was supposed to be like, this was supposed to be deeper in the lineup, but because of COVID and shooting schedules and various things, this ended up being the first thing that has came out since the last Spider-Man movie. Right. Which was like over, which was like over a year ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I liked this more than normal Marvel things because it is doing a lot of different stuff uh, that's not super Marvel-y. The, the main thing that you probably have seen from like trailers or, you know, just overall is that this is a Marvel show. And in the first two episodes specifically, you're seeing Wanda played by... um. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Vision played by Paul Bettany in these old timey sitcoms so like they're in a sitcom from the 50s like the first episode is basically like a take on a 50s sitcom then the second episode is like a 60s sitcom and it really takes till episode 4 of the series before you even get to anything that's remotely Marvel-y it's it's just these it's just you know these like fun old tiny episodes that have characters in them that are based on Marvel characters. And like so, little hints of something weird yeah. going on. But so otherwise a pretty straightforward sitcom. 
So it's super weird when you're watching it and you're like, this is what they're leading with? Like, <laughs> you have all these Marvel fans and they're giving you like a whole episode that's basically Dick Van Dyke with nothing Marvel in it. <laughs> and I think that the Mar- some of the Marvel fans are like, what's going on? Like, when I was watching with my aunt and uncle, they are like, this is a weird show. Like, I don't know if we'll keep watching this. <laughs> Meanwhile, me, who loves these old-timey sort of sitcoms, is like, this is great. This is the best thing of Marvel that I've ever seen. And then as the show progressed and it got more and more marvely <laughs> and the sitcom part felt more and more like a boulder hanging around the show's neck that they sort of like had to deal with in these episodes but didn't really want to deal with because they wanted to be onto the you know the more like twisty action-packed marvel plot lines i i didn't th- i thought that there were some weaker points as it went on and it didn't I don't know. Like I enjoyed it and it was only nine episodes and the episodes were only a half hour long. So it wasn't that big of a commitment, but mm. I felt like the part that I liked most about this was the first two episodes. And then it sort of like got less exciting for me as it went on. Right. So even in the first two episodes, you weren't like intrigued by the, by the strangeness, like the character breaks. You were more like, I want to take that. Reunion. Yeah, I was mostly like, let me go watch more Dick Van Dyke. Like, could we just like, where's I Love Lucy? (laughs) I did think it was fun. These kind of hints, like, oh, is this sort of Twilight Zony? Like, what's going on? What's happening? And I honestly couldn't remember for the life of me what uh, Wanda Vision or Wanda 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 Vision. That's not her name. Wanda Maximoff. What her character's like superpowers were. So I was sort of like, wait, what's going on? But then someone (laughs) at some point, or I read on Twitter, was like, oh, yeah, she can like go in people's brains and make them think different things. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is some kind of, you know, like she is trying to hide from her trauma or whatever in this world with this husband because i also forgot that vision had died in the movie so then at a certain point i was like oh yeah he's dead so she's just making this up because she wants to hang out with her dead husband and be like the perfect family so i feel like once i sort of got that point then the then the like well what is it what's happening i was like okay well we all sort of know what's happening now it's just waiting (laughs) for it to happen yeah i mean i think i guess i mean you know general spoilers abound but what I was surprised by is I kept waiting for like there to be some twist about it wasn't Wanda's doing. It wasn't her grief that did it. It was some big baddie who was controlling her and she didn't know it type thing. Cause I kept waiting for them to be like, JK, a man's pulling the strings the whole time. <laughs> Just because to be fair, Marvel does not have a great track record for um, it's women characters or it's women led stories. And I think what was interesting about this is it was generally well received in a way that the other female led um, Marvel pieces have been totally torn apart for like Captain Marvel, of course, Brie Larson, you talk to 50% of these Marvel bros and they hate her. They hate the movie. They hate the character. They think it was just horribly done. And there's a similar apprehension towards Black Widow's standalone film. And so generally speaking, I have been disappointed by women in the Marvel universe and you just get like the sort of kitschy like, oh, but what about that scene in Avengers where (laughs) all of the women fought somebody yeah they're like oh i've got your back lady and it's like how did you guys figure this out like why are you guys all together suddenly that sort of fan service type of nonsense i don't love and 
I also felt like Wanda was just like this non-character who was never really respected for the powers that she technically should have did have in the movies, but was always just like hanging out around Vision being like, well, don't die. (laughs) So I was really into this show giving so much room to not only a woman, but also this idea that it wasn't like, you know, some villain like um, Thanos in the in the last Avenger movies who's pulling the strings, but it's really just Wanda working through her own grief and and trying to process that in a way that she can't fully control because she's never really sat down to unpack like what her what her true powers are and what she's really capable of because she's been so enmeshed in this like sort of half-hearted involvement in the Avengers uh, docket. So I had fun watching all that happen on top of the show kind of kind of doing things different than you usually see in a Marvel movie and yeah I get your point that by the end of it it definitely turned into more of a showdown um you have a villain you have a big fight there's big production value but it also ended on a quiet note where it allowed this grief to really come full circle and to find closure and this like really human element that I was just like very surprised by and into and I it it made the show like it elevated the show for me Well, I think one of the big things in this is that Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are both very, very good actors. And a lot of the Marvel people are cast because they look good in spandex (laughs) and not necessarily for their acting chops. And I think that that just showed in this as both of them and also Catherine Hahn, like all three of them are very strong actors. And so even seen like one they could do all of the sitcom beats really well but then they could also do these more emotional things there there was a lot for them to chew on but i don't know like i just love elizabeth olsen from like mm-hmm. martha marcy may marlene to um ingrid goes west ingrid goes west <laughs> and whatever that movie was where she was like it was it was like in the snow and she was like an fbi agent did you ever see that it was like on a like a native american reservation oh, yeah, cold no wait cold <laughs> cold river cold I wanted valley to say cold mountain cold, but that's not it yeah at all. it's not cold mountain cold something that but she was good in that yeah, like yeah, i think she's just good. really good in everything so yeah. no and she does really well here and it was fun to see how they worked in these because each episode that was sort of entrenched in this um tv world was a different decade of tv shows and so you got you know the i love lucy the dick van dyke and then you got all the way up to something like modern family where she does this really very much uh oh no what's her name in modern family oh claire bowen yeah yeah she does her claire bowen impression i just thought everyone was having a good time and i think it was a really well-crafted show because they brought on um Jack Schaefer, who is she's the she's the head writer, she's the showrunner and creator, and she worked on Captain Marvel before this, and is also going to be is also the screenwriter on Black Widow, and so her whole thing with this show is that she wanted um, representation, she wanted different voices, she made sure that half of her writer's room was women. And then on top of that, there was just a big diversity push as far as people of color, different voices, different perspectives. And I think what she talked about was how much she loved Lost. She loved Russian Doll. And I think you can see pieces of that in a show that's a little bit more 
that's a little more popularized in this Marvel universe where it was kind of like a slow burn and it worked well in Disney Plus's um, week by week reveal instead of like a Netflix drop. And I think it all came together because she wanted it to reflect the stages of grief and kind of this, you know, denial to acceptance type of staging through the series. And I think it really worked. I I also liked that they they had sort of like some bottle episodes in there that were focused on different mm-hmm. things. Like the first three episodes are all WandaVision and this town. And then the fourth episode really isn't them at all. It's all sort of these people outside who are, you know, investigating what's going on in this kind yes. of anomaly. And then there's a episode that's mostly just Wanda flashbacks to stuff like earlier in her life. So I liked that they took a lot of risks in that regard and did try to spice it up a lot. I hadn't really thought about Russian doll, but this does have sort of a Russian doll vibe and I did love Russian doll. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I thought, I thought that this was sort of fun. I'm (laughs) interested to see where, they go from here with these other Marvel properties. Cause like you said, the Falcon and the Falcon (laughs) and Falcon and the winter soldier, Falcon and the winter soldier (laughs) comes out. I think next week or like in two weeks and that's only six episodes. So it's going to be another sort of short run, but that to me, at least in the billing of it up till now is much more of a straightforward kind of Marvel looking plot line. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how they integrate that. The other thing, and we talked about this with star Wars and when they announced this lineup of all these new shows that are coming to Disney plus is Right now, we haven't had a Marvel movie in over a year. This is the first Marvel TV show. It's a very interesting peg, but there was so much of this that was connected to other, to previous mm-hmm. Marvel movies, and there was a lot of loose ends at the end of this that are presumably going to tie into future future Marvel movies. Yeah, you know, like there was a big plot in this that was connected to the. Uh, Captain Marvel movie there was all of the blip stuff from the Avengers and uh, supposedly some of this stuff is going to factor into Doctor Strange or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, so I am wary of how involved am I going to need to be in these shows (laughs) they have they have five more shows that are coming out in Disney Plus this year alone. Plus, I think they have at least two movies that are coming out this year. So it's like, is this going to be something where if I go and see, you know, Eternals next year, or if I go and see the new Thor movie that I'm going to be completely confused because I haven't watched, you know, the Hawkeye TV series that's coming (laughs) out later this year. Like, I don't, Yes. I don't know. I'm sort of like, uh I know that's how I felt too. It's like, and that's the thing is we have to remember that this is a Disney helmed monolith. Like this is a huge beast at this point. And they are worried. They're not good with restraint. They're thinking about their bottom line. Yeah. They're not thinking about creativity. Like that's what the director who hated on them got. He was, he's pointing out that these are kind of circuses, right? It's, they might be well-crafted. They might have good characters. They might have like, you might look at the, the groundwork that was done to make sure all these movies aligned and be impressed by it. But ultimately this is still a franchise that's like more concerned with money down than some artfully produced show. And that's, that's going to be the case going forward, I think. And I all mean, these, they still want you to sign up for Disney Plus and they still want you to see everything in order to enjoy anything. 
Like, there was a period where I sort of felt like Disney could really do no wrong. Like, I thought that they were just so on top of their A-game with these, I mean, with, you know, sort of like their animated movies, with Pixar, Mm -hmm. with Star Wars. And I just feel like in the last couple of years, they've had so many misses between all of the live action remakes, between all of these star Wars movies that are Mm -hmm. sort of like, "Uh and now they have all of this Marvel stuff coming out and Mm -hmm. star Wars stuff. I just feel like I don't really trust them at all to do a good job with anything. Mm -hmm. And that there has been no, not once have I seen them be like, okay, we're going to take it slow or we're going to like make less of something, but make it better. Right. Of all of the kind of studios or, or or things that are going on, I feel like they're the ones who I am least confident in or the least sort of enthused. I mean, I hated The Mandalorian, at least <laughs> with Netflix. It's like, yes, they have a million things, but you know that it's a varying degrees of how good they are. Like there's things that right. they spend a lot more time and effort in. And then there's other stuff that they're just like pumping out. And then with HBO, obviously, or something like Hulu or FX, those are much more curated lists. Yeah. And I feel like with Disney, they are playing to either like children who don't care and are just like buying action figures. And so like the more Disney movies you can get, the better because that's the more money that they can make in their exactly. parks and whatnot. Or they're playing to these like obsessively loyal, creepy Disney people who are (laughs) just, you know, it's like, I don't like that. I don't even know. (laughs) It's, it's just so confusing to me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want a Mandalorian season three. I don't (laughs) want to have to watch all of these Avengers movies. And I'm already sort of like annoyed that I feel like I'm going to have to watch at least some of them for this podcast and just like (laughs) be in the conversation. Well, I mean, it's true, right? Like it's like, you look at something like Netflix and different people care about different shows, like even on the creator level. Whereas, so you can have something like Stranger Things and then in the same breath get options for something like Ginny and Georgia, which is just a bomb or insatiable, which is so problematic. But with something like Marvel, it is so like under control of like one individual. Like Kevin Feig holds all the cards and he gives like little snippets here. He guides the whole thing. So there's much more limitations to creativity which we even saw in the announcement for Doctor Strange 2 which originally was pitched as a as their first horror film until they decided to walk back on that because Kevin Feig didn't like the idea anymore and so it's like you can kind of see that the creativity the creative options are limited for anyone in the Marvel universe and that's why I think I was so impressed by this show on its own because it did feel like something different darker from a less known entity starring some of the smaller characters so they had more flexibility on where they went and I think um I saw this article by um Jack Schaefer who said that her vision for if she got any control was to have more sympathetic villains less glamorization of weaponry and stronger representation of marginalized voices so do you feel like she pulled that off with this um with this project at least Well, I definitely think so. I mean, most of the lead characters aside from Vision were women. Uh, Mm. You know, there's the Catherine Hahn character, the um, the girl who was from Mad Men, the like FBI lady. uh, 
um what's her monica rambo yes monica rambo yeah and then there and then also the girl from two broke girls i i felt like they there was a lot of big like female characters and yeah the, it wasn't super actiony especially in the first half of the series mm-hmm. it sort of like fell into that in the second half but there was also lots of fun things in this that i don't think you would have seen in the in the movie space yeah but also going back to like netflix is they have so many things but you don't need to have watched emily in paris yeah. to watch bridgerton <laughs> you know it's like you can pop in and out where this I felt like you could not have enjoyed this show unless you knew, unless you had yeah. seen it, a handful at the very least of these other movies. And there was still things that I was like, wait, I'm confused. Like, for example, Evan Peters is in this playing mm-hmm. her brother. And yeah. they're like, oh, Evan Peters wasn't like, wasn't her brother before. And I was like, he wasn't like yeah <laughs> there was a different person like I, there was just yeah, like whatever movie that was yeah. i must have either like seen a long time ago or forgotten or whatever so i just feel like especially going forward if there's more movies and more tv shows it's like <laughs> how much am i gonna have to keep up with yeah well they want you to consume that's their bottom line <laughs> But yeah, it's a frustrating uh, beast to look down because I don't feel motivated to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I do feel like I'll be cornered into it, especially if I want to watch some of the films coming out of this because we knew going into this that Wanda would play a part in Doctor Strange too. So you're like, okay, I guess I should watch the show. And obviously you're going to assume that Loki, whatever happens in that show will have ramifications in the coming Thor. And so it is sort of like they are, <laughs> you know, laying these little, it's like the, the path through the woods to uh, the witch's yeah, the house. Breadcrumbs like like, or whatever. Yeah. It's just, we're all, we're all just, cogs in the machine and and we need to do our little role of watching and consuming and enjoying (laughs) and the end of this it's like okay well it also is going to connect to the new captain marvel movie like whenever that (laughs) comes out and we don't have any at least announced projects at this point that are you know avengers or it's like everyone coming together i think everything that has been announced for phase four up till this point are sort of these individual movies but presumably we'll get another avengers-esque movie down the road and it's like yeah if you want to watch that then you're gonna have to (laughs) have a good bearing on all of these pieces which is frustrating the only thing i'll say is like both loki and the the winter falcon and the (laughs) captain soldier are only six episodes long each so it's like okay i can like but that's not that long long. if you need they're 40 minute episodes i know so don't get too excited (laughs) shoot me i know and it is sort of like interesting i mean it's fun part of the fun of marvel is seeing how it all comes together but there's something different about you know visiting it i mean like i feel like you you know you went into endgame and you enjoyed it even though you didn't know everything but i feel like it'll get harder and harder as it goes deeper and deeper into this lore and this in this comic book universe and so it will be like not only will you have to have seen phases one through three but you need to see every chapter in phase four and and so on and so forth to see how you know the next greatest crossover uh comes together well it's like i can watch 
two or three movies a year. Like, I'll gripe <laughs> about it. But, like, that's not that big of an right. ask. But watching, you know, hundreds of hours of television and movie, <laughs> it's just, it's, a you know, at that point, it's yeah. like trying to get someone to pop into season like eight of Grey's Anatomy. And it's like, okay, well, in order for me to do that, I'm going to have to go back and watch seven seasons. And there's 20 <laughs> some episodes. Like, it's just, that's not worth it. Well, as a B student of Marvel, there were a lot of in joke in in jokes and like in references that I enjoyed from this show. Um, they did a good job of layering it, but also keeping it, I think, understandable for people who aren't watching, except maybe those big things like who her brother was or whatnot. But like there were all these little nods to other things and there were little clues and Easter eggs that you could kind of dig into if you wanted to. And especially since it was sort of unraveling of this mystery, you know, it was fun to be on Twitter or Reddit during episode one and being like, oh, like this is a clue for um, I bet this person is going to turn out to be this person or this person's going to come up. And it was fun to see other characters from films. You had um, the FBI agent from Ant-Man make an appearance in this one. Kat Dennings, obviously, she was from the first two Thors, and so now she's back in the universe. Oh, she was in a preview. I thought she was yeah. just. I thought she was completely new. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, she was um, the assistant to. Uh, oh, what's her name? Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so Don't she's remember back. that. Um, but then you had new characters, like you said, Monica Rambeau, who is the daughter of these <laughs> not lover but seemingly lover of captain marvel in her movie um which i think she's also gonna be in i don't know if captain marvel 2 is still in the past you know what i mean or if it's going to be in today's world i think it has to be in today's world yeah right I guess, because yeah, she's in because she's in all yeah, of those yeah, yeah. Avengers movies or whatever. Look at you. Them. You know stuff. <laughs> right. Well, the, the well, Captain Marvel was in the 90s. Yeah, that yeah, was the yeah. blockbuster one. Yeah. And then yeah. she goes off into space. And I feel like the next Captain Marvel movie will just be a space movie that has Monica Rambeau in it. Because at the end of the of this, the somebody turned into an alien person. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Um, it was also fun because some of the some of the episodes had these like in show commercials. Oh yeah, I didn't get those, a single one of those. Of those I was were... like, none of these are are hitting for me. <laughs> they were all like hints at different things in in the in the Marvel universe. Like there was a, and it was all kind of about it. Kind of like helped tell the story if you're if you cared to pay attention. And I thought that was a fun way to do it because it was like fun for people who who noticed them but i don't think it distracted you necessarily from enjoying the show it wasn't like too nerdy was it <laughs> well i mean they were only a couple seconds long usually yeah. so it's like oh here's a commercial for like a watch a and i yeah. didn't really know what the watch was but also it was fun to watch them because they were kind of making fun of commercials from those time periods yeah. so especially the later ones like the 90s 2000s commercials i was like oh yes like i remember things that were like this like this is ringing a bell for me yeah i mean some of them were like super nerdy but a lot of them were just like referencing um stark industries they had a toaster that said forget the past oh this i think i did future. get that um Strucker was the watch and that was the bad guy who originally experimented on Wanda and her brother. Um, um okay. 
the Hydra Soak is the bath powder that was like find the goddess within, which is sort of like Wanda's journey to discover that she is the Scarlet Witch. And, and but then, didn't she already know she was the Scarlet Witch? No, that, that was, was my question. <laughs> that was, was, was fun too. Was that? Catherine Hahn is like, you're the Scarlet Witch. And I was like, haven't we been calling her that all along? Or is that just like the comic books have called her that? And that's that's never been mentioned in the movies. Yeah, exactly. Because I knew that she was the Scarlet Witch. (laughs) Like, I knew that. It was sort of this weird joke in the original, in the phase three or whatever she was in of Marvel, that they never called her the Scarlet Witch. It was just Wanda Maximoff. And people just thought it was kind of weird. And they make a joke about it in like episode four of this where the FBI agent is like, doesn't she have some weird superhero nickname? And he's like, no, they never gave her one. And so it was sort of like, LOL, that's funny. But then it turns out like, oh, no, this is her like origin story for how she becomes or how she realizes she is the Scarlet Witch in this universe. So, yeah, no, that was a big reveal for her personally. Hmm. Right (laughs) over the head. (laughs) There was also a commercial for like Lagos paper towels, which is kind of the most important part in Wanda's journey in the Marvel Universe because it was in Lagos that she misused her powers and accidentally killed a bunch of people. And that set in motion this like the Sokovia Accords, which is where they decided to operate under sort of a UN. Okay, we are panel. we are fully getting in the weeds. Now <laughs> yeah. you've said ninety five words. I don't know. Yeah, and but that that storyline is what sets the rift between Captain America and Iron Man. That splits the team apart. That then feeds into. Anyways, it's like no it's recollection. Fun None. to kind of have these pieces, and you see these layers and the careful intricacies of the groundwork that was laid for Marvel. And you have to kind of respect that. But but yeah, it is sort of weird having this show, enjoying the small pieces of it, but then remembering like, oh wait, this is a small cog in a bigger machine. Like like how much of the humanity we experience here will we be like will we lose as we get bigger, louder, and more character heavy? Because this ultimately was a very intimate story about Wanda and her own grief. And I just don't think they'll be able to carry that sort of storyline through whatever they have planned as more and more characters like just grow mm. in this in this universe. Um. Well, so would you suggest people like now, later, or never? Oh, I would say I would say now. I think it's fun. It's like a different type of show. It's exciting to like. I don't know. I thought. It surprised me on a, on many different levels. Yeah, I thought it was... I mean, if you're not a Marvel person, then I would say this is not for you. But <laughs> if you are a Marvel person, I'd say, yeah, you might as well give it a try. It's sort of fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there are Marvel people who did not watch this? Do I think that there are Marvel people who did not watch this? I mean, not... I would say not, <laughs> not at your level and above but i think that there's probably other people who are at my level who are like oh i've seen some of the movies or whatever and maybe i wasn't planning on watching the show but i think this is better than what i would have expected from a marvel tv show like if you're comparing this to all of those like agents of shield and whatever like those (laughs) other marvel shows which i I never watched but like i imagine what they are i think that this is probably a lot better than all those yeah no, definitely. Or doing something that's a lot different, at the very least. And, um, it's, and it's more fun, because you have Catherine Hahn. Yes, Catherine Hahn, who's great. 
Catherine yeah. One thing that I was interested in talking to you about is so the Mandalorian got a decent amount of awards traction, mm-hmm. not for acting, but, you know, like in other categories. Mm-hmm. And Disney obviously has a lot of money. The budget for this was really good. <laughs> I wonder, do you think that like Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen will get Emmy nominations for this? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like the general interest on Twitter went beyond just the usual like Marvel interest. You know, like people were talking about the script. There was that memeable line. Like, I think it will stand in people's minds as like a really, mm, I mean, moving part of (laughs) And then do you think it will go in comedy or drama? I guess I would. Because it's like I'd it's sitcoms. Because like the comedies are sitcommy, yeah, but then the but the, the vibe of the last is... few episodes is much more dramatic. Yeah. But it's also short episodes, which I feel like is more of a comedy mm. thing. And I also think that it would be smarter for them to put it in comedy because it feels like that there would be less sort of competition. Right. You know, like yeah. comparing Catherine Hahn to someone from The Crown feels like okay well Catherine Hahn's not gonna win but comparing her to someone from Ted Lasso it's like oh well you know right yeah you know what you should write them a letter and tell them to submit for comedy give them dear Marvel (laughs) (laughs) you know what I want from Marvel and I was gonna figure out how to ask this in a rapid fire question but I couldn't figure out so I'm just gonna say I think that the thing that most intrigues me about what they've created in this universe is this issue of the snap and kind of what life was like before and after. Mm -hmm. And in this, they kind of touch on it where, where Monica Rambo was originally snapped. And so she disappeared. And when she comes back, she's right back in the hospital and she finds out that, Oh no, her mother passed away in the years that she was gone. And I think that alone, that sequence alone, where you have all these people reappearing in the hospital, I really just want like a movie that has nothing to do with superheroes, but it's just like, I don't know, some sort of like drama or (laughs) something about the world as it was as it was shook by this half the population disappearing thing. And also then the follow up of everyone suddenly appearing because it's like, imagine the people flying and then you just have these bodies dropping to the earth, (laughs) dying. And then the issue of like, Oh, cars and for five years, like people had had to adjust to having no population. And now suddenly there's too many people to feed and to house and to clothe. And how do you address that? And I feel like it would poke holes in the logic of the situation. But I'd be so interested in it. Well, it feels like you could have a whole show like a lost leftover easy kind of show, Walking Dead, that's set in that world because it is such an interesting concept and i remember that like the five minutes of spider-man that was focused on that was also really interesting and yeah i had completely forgotten that that had even happened and then when it came up in this i was like yeah i want more about that i don't care as much about all of this other stuff i think that this is a really interesting premise that you're not really taking advantage of fully oh i know and they like either play it for laughs or kind of just a passing remark like like the Spider-Man thing, she's she's like hosting a, I don't know, a homelessness sort of <laughs> fundraiser. And it's like, oh, yeah, these people would just 
pop up in their houses and have no house. Like, what if the Queen of England was snapped? They move on without her. She comes back. Like, who gets the crown? You know what I mean? Right. Well, and 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 there's all of the like castaway kind of thing where it's like, yes. oh, well, you moved on and got married to somebody else, but then your first husband shows back oh. up, like. Things yes. with, with your kids disappearing or like kids who didn't have parents and the parents came back. And like what happens when you're with your job? Like you had a job, you left, and then so they had to rehire oh, somebody else. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's just so many situations that I think would be interesting yeah. if they're not taking advantage of. Well, that's why I think if I get someone's email in the Marvel Universe, they should have a in-universe podcast like where it's set up as if it's a real podcast and they're just talking to these people. They're telling stories of the, whatever, the snap time and they're having guests Shelby, on. I, I cannot do a good. podcast <laughs> on top of all of these TV shows and a but movie. But that's no. what I'm saying is it's a low budget option, but it's another avenue for them to get, you know, some content out there. They can have a Patreon. I don't care. Like, you know, I just feel like they're wasting something. And I think that would be an easy way to satisfy that um that thirst for me to quench i think something that a lot of these big fantasy sci-fi properties have not taken advantage of and could is like setting stories in the universe that are not the typical kind of stories you know it's like the Marvel Universe is such a crazy place, but all we ever see are these superhero stories. It's like, right. I want a story that's set in this world that's not like that. I mean, it's the same thing with Star Wars or Harry Potter or Game of Thrones. It's like, these are very well-fleshed-out, interesting worlds, and yet you are only giving us one set of storylines yes. there. It's like, I want a different version of this. Um, and one thing that I was thinking about was, that I was trying to figure out how to put into a rapid fire question that I couldn't figure out how to <laughs> is I saw this article that was ranking the Marvel romances. Mm. And as I was reading the article, I was like, I have, I can't remember half of these. I couldn't yeah. have even told you if this like was a romance or wasn't a romance. Um, and I was thinking there really isn't like, aside from Captain America and uh, Agent Carter, like, yeah. there's not, like, a really good romance in the mix here. Right. And I feel like that that is another plot line, you know, that you could do something with in this world. It's something, yeah. like, that's more, like, focused on that relationship. Because, like, in this list, they were ranking them. And so, like, number one was Captain America and Agent Carter. Number two was Thor and his hammer. <laughs> and three was Chris Pat and Zoe Saldana. And I was like, I didn't even remember that they were in a relationship from the, that, that, those movies. Oh, yeah. So I was yeah. like, well, what about Pepper Potts and Iron Man? I liked they that. were number five. Oh, wow. That's but rude. then like, I <laughs> do you remember that the Hulk and Black Widow were in a relationship? I thought the Black I mean, Widow was in a thing with the Hawkeye they or whatever. Flirtation. And then a Hawkeye was married to Linda Cardellini. I didn't yeah. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very briefly. Uh, also, Rachel well. McAdams was in one of these movies. Yeah, I was she's like, Doctor Strange's love interest. I was like, I no, never, never heard of her. <laughs> so, okay, rapid fire question: Which genre do you wish that they would plug into? You I mean, I would. I think a rom com would be fun. I think. Uh, horror would also be fun. I mean, I love horror, mm. so 
I feel like there's so many avenues for like a slasher kind of film in this yeah, universe, yeah. and we haven't had that. I think something like, um, oh, what was it? The Post or the... Uh... Oh, yes. <laughs> what was the other one? Spotlight. Spotlight, where it's just people trying to gather information about this crazy rumor they heard about, I don't know, Captain America's latest, I don't know, journey. Mm-hmm. And they just have to go through all this like boring slodge of trying to find sources. And it's all hush hush because S.H.I.E.L.D. is protecting it and blah, 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 blah. I think that, you know what? That's how you get Meryl Streep into the Marvel Universe. Yes. Yes. A journalist movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what three sitcoms would you like uh, put yourself into? Oh, sitcoms. Um, I guess I would do. I don't know. I'm trying to think of sitcoms now. I, I guess I'd do like a Bob's Burgers. You know, for that animated feature, okay. I feel like that could be fun. And um, uh, I'm also currently watching Superstore, so why not throw that? <laughs> And then definitely New Girl. Okay, you don't ha- you don't have like an old classic favorite? Oh, I never really watched. We didn't watch TV really. Well, I mean, I'm just. I feel like everybody is either like a Friends person or an Office <sighs> person or something. Well, except I for you, like, you did like Office, and then you, I, now I you hate like Office. I, uh, yeah, but I wouldn't call the Office old. I mean, I guess I kind of figured. I mean, New Girl, I guess, is significantly later period than that. I guess, yeah, The Office is definitely one that my family watched. I I feel like that was the first one we really watched together. Mm-hmm. My question was, scratch this. Oh, wait, you have to answer yours. <laughs> oh, well, I was just, I mean, I love Home Improvement, so I would always oh, yeah. just stick yeah, me in that. I mean, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is something that mm. I wouldn't want to necessarily be in, but yeah. like also would be very entertaining. Um Oh, you know what? I would actually do Boy Boy Meets World. That was a that was a classic. Mm. That was a favorite. And I love them. The Middle is like one of my favorite shows ever, which mm. nobody mm. watched, but mm. everybody watched because <laughs> it was on for nine seasons. So I was gonna say, so she purposely chose to stay in the family sitcom area because it worked well with the theme of the show. Mm-hmm. But what genre of television would you want to explore in season two oh, or something? Reality TV shows would ex- <laughs> would 100%. <laughs> that would be good. That would be like good. Like game shows, like competition shows, <laughs> like keeping up with their Kardashians, all of that. Yes. I was thinking of more of the like crime, like CSI, mm, uh, mm-hmm. The Rookie, obviously. Would oh, gosh. Be featured. <laughs> Maybe something more political like West Wing. You know, scandal. I feel like a second season of this w- that is like a crime procedural could be interesting, or some kind of thing where it's like there is a crime. It is a crime procedural, but it is sort of like somehow moving through time. There's mm. there's an idea there Whoa. that I think is fun. You know? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, Scarlet Witch. Where it's like you're like a it's like a black and white like gumshoe, and then it's mm. I don't know. There's mm-hmm. yeah, there's something fun there. Yeah. Um, my last question is. If you had to, you know, like recreate, like create a life for yourself by taking over a city, like which city would you want to be like the live in the perfect version of? Oh, definitely Manhattan. I feel like that would take a lot of power and like bandwidth, but <laughs> it'd be great, you know, if you could have New York, but without like the trash on the streets and the and the sweaty subways. And all the kids just locked in their rooms all the time, <laughs> yeah. except for Halloween. Yeah, what a dream. 
What about you? Is it? Is it are you heading back to Michigan? Some uh, no, I think I'd pick London, mm, which I mean is like the same vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my last question: What like traditional sitcom role do you think you would thrive in? Like, what would Wanda cast you in in her in her dreamscape? Oh, if I, uh, hmm, this is dicey. Um. <laughs> I feel like I would probably be best suited for like the kind of uh like friend at the office, you know, like the mm-hmm. like maybe sort of dumb but also like kind of like snarky friend who works at the office who then, you know, like sometimes shows up in other parts of the episodes. Yeah. I think I could do like the sneaky mean like PTA mom like passive aggressive sort of judgy mm-hmm. <laughs> i could see that mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be it'd be a chance to like play someone not my type you yes know? yeah mm-hmm. so yes 100 percent totally a flex karen that muscle mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i feel like you could also be the uh the high school mean girl if necessary oh yeah but i'd never be like i feel like i'd be the um the like yeah i guess the passive aggressive kind like not the outright mean I couldn't be like Rachel McAdams. Get out of the way, loser. <laughs> yeah. But I could be like the, the you're not sure if she's insulting you, but then she starts laughing with her friends type. Like, I think I could do that. Like a subtle, cruel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Well, glad we've established that. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready with that. Um. Well, next week, the Oscar nominations come out. So. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. Finally. Okay. Wait, wasn't there another movie coming out or something? Maybe I forgot. Another movie Grammys. coming out? I thought there was a mo- a movie coming out that I was like, oh, we'll have to do that. But now I can't remember it. So. Woman in the Window. No. <laughs> no. And I'm just glad we're not doing a whole episode on the Grammys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we could do the Oscars and the Grammys together. Depending wow. on. But no, I don't really. I I truly don't want to watch the Grammys that much. at all. Yeah. I'll maybe watch some clips. Yeah, <laughs> but probably not even that. Yeah, I'm looking well, at anyways, the list of movies can... that are coming out next week, and it's like I've never heard of any of these. Oh, okay. Well, there's a movie wrong. with Joel McHale coming out called Happily. There's something mm-hmm. called Phobias that maybe has Jessica Biel or a Jessica Biel lookalike. Oh, nope, well, not Jessica anyways, Biel. Anyways, um, you can hang out with us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Instagram and Twitter. And um, if you're listening to this episode, feel free to take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories. Let us know what you think, what you love, what is wrong with Matt's opinions and where <laughs> I fall on the Marvel grade. Because I really, I really was confident in my, in my eight, but maybe no, I am more of a five. No, I think you're like a six. <laughs> okay. Well, then I that makes you like a zero. Like I just, I need you to break this down. Anyways, let us know, share it in your stories and uh, uh, we'll get the answers. Okay. Well, see you guys next week. Bye.